You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 891. K-H-O-L and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. Bow, 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 bow. Massey, Teton Sports Talk is turning six years old. Six years old. On our grind every it's week for the last six really years. been six years. <laughs> it has. Has it been three days? Um... That means that means sweet sixteen to the elite eight, and I'm six to midnight. That's right. We are currently watching Coach K's last game unfold. As you're gonna have to give me a <laughs> score update, but Texas Tech is leading the Duke Blue Devils by how much in the first half? At least twenty, maybe thirty. Yeah, <laughs> this, tell. it's all over. Coach <laughs> K is one TV timeout away from faking a back injury. And Teton Sports Talk is now in kindergarten oh and in other news we're 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 in first grade no kindergarten's k5 we're we just turned six we're in first oh, grade right. Five. oh yeah we're, we're in elementary now yeah we're taking kin- tests kin- plots addition subtraction we're really getting our feet underneath us to becoming a real podcast we we counted to 100 we played dodgeball for the first time we skinned our knee we're ready we're okay. ready we're ready to make that leap this year um, currently the elite eight or excuse me, the sweet 16 and the elite eight is going on. We just watched the Gonzaga, the number one overall seed lose to Gus Malzahn and the Gus bus. No, the must bus. Which one is it? I don't know. They're moving on to the elite. Muscle eight. man must bus must bus must bus. And then, uh, muscle man. And then we also have Villanova going over Michigan into the elite eight. Arizona and Houston is tipped off, and currently uh, Coach K will probably lose his last game out west where no one cares who he is, and he will walk off that court to cheers and tears of happiness on the other yeah, side nobody of the likes, team. People don't like much in San Francisco. They definitely don't like Coach K. Um, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's a good It's a good time to be alive. Nova, was there, was there, did Juwan Howard punch anybody on Villanova's bench or no? It yeah. seems like it was a punch-free environment. Oh, damn. Bummer. No, no sports news. What about that uh, move by Juwan Howard? We have, since we last recorded uh, the, the games, the first two rounds have finished. But how, how about Juwan Howard just hugging that Tennessee guy just in tears to really boost his uh, PR score, yeah, I guess? That was, do you think, yeah, do you think somebody had a mic in his ear? Was like, Juwan, oh, that guy's, you got a player crying on the other team. Yeah, go do it. Hug him. Oh, here we go. We're back. We're back, Juwan. I think there was something to do with uh, he either transferred from Michigan or Juwan Howard recruited him heavily or they recruited his best friend or something. They had some sort of prior relationship, and he went to Tennessee for a better shot at winning, and Juwan Howard ended up beating him, and he got all emotional when he saw his coach. So there was a little backstory to it. Oh, so it is kind of it is kind of sweet in Disney. It wasn't completely fabricated. That's good to know. It's good to know. Juwan, he got lucky. Timing is everything, Massey. He really did. Everyone <laughs> forgot about that. It wasn't even a punch. It was more like a face pet. Everyone forgot about the face yeah. pet that he did. Yeah, it was not a full-on Steven Jackson landing on a Detroit Pistons face, or was that our test? 
I think both of them. But oh, anyway. Jackson, have you seen that documentary? <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, I remember. I remember where I was. Like that's such a random, most random like Pacers Pistons regular season game. I remember I was at a at a <laughs> I was at a bar. I was underaged uh, nice. in Charlottesville, but I remember being at that bar and them like showing that game behind the bar and, and everybody just stopped what they were doing and watched for like five minutes yeah. highlight after highlight steven jackson running those stands it, during his interview he was like i did what i had to do i protected my teammates and i don't feel anything bad about it yeah it might have cost me millions of dollars but i did what i had to do and i was like all yeah. right there you go point taken can you imagine like that was think about that that's a what a simpler time massey that was when pistons and pacers regular season games were must see tv I can't believe the Pacers at one point were that good. They, they who was who was in their way for in the East that was also really good at the time and kind of took their shine after it was like Reggie Miller's last attempt. I can't believe we're talking about this Pistons. in the middle of March Madness. Oh, it was the Pistons with Ben Wallace and uh, yeah, it was Pistons. It was Reggie Miller's like yeah, it was the end of Reggie Miller. It was like Jermaine O'Neal was kind of on the rise for the Pacers and the Pistons were taken over with Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton and Chauncey right. Phillips. That's just that's just talking uh, NBA basketball there for the uh, during our March Madness opening. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah, back in 05. <laughs> the glory days. We have a packed show. The NFL free agency has been going off. This has been the easily the more bananas NFL free agency we've seen. We're going to cover that. We're also going to cover the remaining teams we have that we have not seen. We are recording Thursday night, so those Friday evening games will predict and then we'll try to do a little prediction of who is going to advance the elite eight so let's get right into it the huddle is the good news of the week the critical number of the week something you are stuck on your quote slash question of the week and we're doing go to the week and i think my go to the week's pretty good this this week oh i'm excited i'm thrilled that's a good a good, a good tease now people are going to listen to the rest of the show that's that's what they call a tease in the business um trainer what is your good news of the week well, t- um, like I said, timing is everything, and we'll see how this plays out. Mine is going to be hopefully we're having a funeral tonight for Duke basketball and Coach K being a part of Duke basketball for the for the uh, foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. But my my alternate good news is the New York mandates have been lifted. Uh, baseball is going to be back, and there's not going to be as much confusion on whether players, you know, for the Yankees, Mets, et cetera, and now and also in the NBA, whether they uh, have to be – sitting the bench without a mask on or what all that confusion is. We're only two weeks out. Um, I still think Yankees players and anti-vaxxers are, you know, kind of selfish, kind of, you know, fart knockers, but it's good to have baseball almost back. And AAA baseball, Massey, back. comes back even sooner, 4 or 5, next Tuesday, uh, April 5th. Oh, that is just great news. I cannot wait to watch my mm-hmm. Mobile Bay Bears. Oh, hell yeah. I don't yeah. even know if they exist still. We're a San Diego Padres affiliate where uh, Jake Peavy pitched before he went out to San Diego and won all those Cy Young Awards. Just saying, Bay Bears, formerly gold. Talk about a coaching vacancy. What if the Bay Bears got Peavy like uh, Mobile High got um, Phillip Rivers? Oh, Fairhope uh, Poly Institute Technical yeah. Institution, a and yeah. I just went with Mobile High. <laughs> that was pretty close. That was, it was close enough. Thanks. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I think uh, I think besides the funeral, baseball being back is a good thing. It is going to bridge this gap, this vacancy, this vacancy in our heart between the end of March Madness and the beginning of the NBA playoffs. There is just a dead spot where people go, sports fans go yeah. to die, and it's called early season baseball. Yeah, two weeks till opening day as of uh, recording the show, and right after that, the Masters. We're in good shape. We're we're in good shape. I feel the NIT. The NIT for us is over, however, but we can get to that later if you want. We lost. I mean, we'll go ahead and get into it. Virginia lost to a dominant, a dominant St. Bonaventure's uh, Bears, Friars. Hey, Bears? Um, I don't know. They, they, it's their year. You know, you just got to, you just got to, yeah. when you're, you're going to lose to a team of destiny, then you might as well lose to St. Bonaventure, the powerhouse they are from uh, upstate uh, Minnesota. I have no idea where they're from. Another, another, I'm going to guess like I do usually Ohio or Missouri. <laughs> I can, I can get I'll look this. it up. I'll yeah, look it up. Yeah. You look it up while I go to the good news of the week. Uh, just New Orleans Pelicans just won, by the way, beat, beat the bulls without Ingram. Um, my Zion play. Okay. Hold on. Now you're getting right into it. Good oh. news of the week. Sorry. There has been a Zion sighting. We posted on Instagram where he throws the ball off the backboard, goes through his legs and can still dunk. And not only that, the best part about that whole video, he was in a pet Pelicans facility. Oh, that's good. He's not in, uh, where was he in, like Portland or, um, was that right? Portland? He was in Portland for uh, for his rehab and to finalize some deals with Nike ever since they started this debacle, having one of his shoes blow out when he was playing for Duke. And they made it up to him from paying all his hospital and rehab bills is my my idea. Because they snake bit Zion in his youth, and now he can't, hasn't recovered since. I was told, I was told or if I had ever had a, a moment to talk to Zion and his agent, maybe that time will come down the road since we're a pro Pelicans podcast. Um, I always wondered why Zion didn't sign with Reebok and go with the pump. Because the pump, you can inflate it to the size of your foot, and you won't have those issues. Does that make sense? Um, I've heard of that technology. I think it. I think it died away for some <laughs> reason, which is weird. After Vanilla Ice was on Teenage Mut- Mutant Ninja Turtles: Secret of the Ooze, doing his dance moves and his pumps, um, I think that's where it died. Right around that time. Died around yeah, 1994, and that was um, fun fact. The last time Phil Mickelson didn't play in the Masters. Well, isn't he not playing this year? Correct, correct. That's why I brought that up. Um. It has nothing to do. He's faked an injury, and it has nothing to do with his comments yeah, hamstring. on yeah, hamstring. Yeah, the famous hamstring injury. Him and James Harden are using <laughs> the same doctor. It is very funny to be like, oh, no, I'm going to fake an injury because I said the Saudis were nice people, although they assassinated Americans and chopped them up and put them into bags. And it's like, <laughs> Phil, Phil, we don't forget. The internet never forgets, Okay. You live your life on a golf course thinking the internet doesn't exist out there, but it still exists to us, and we saw what you said. And he's like, oh, my, my hammy, my hammy. All right, I think I'm out this year. Yeah, maybe it's his ploy. Maybe it's like like James Harden trying to get off NBA teams. This is his ploy to get into the Saudi League, which, you know, they have that competition <coughs> with the PGA where the they're trying to recruit players. Stranger things have happened. Strange, Yeah, I, I would say Phil switching to the Saudis, no problem. His gambling debts are in over Love his it. head. He's going to have to accept gold bars yes, in gold order bars. to pay back all the gambling debts now that the inflation is so much. Um, <laughs> what is your critical number this week? Inflation and <laughs> it's, 
and uh, American journalist in Saudi. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really you said critical up. number? Yeah, critical number of the week, Trainer. 165. Um, go ahead. I think we I know where you're going, but go ahead. Oh, you do? Interesting. Uh this was actually I was looking back at the uh career and or actually the origins of Tyreek Hill. He was picked number 165 in the fifth round of the 2016 draft. By who? The Chiefs? Red Chiefs, yeah. I just I didn't know he was I thought he was like a first, second, third at worst. He had a bunch of I know that he had a bunch of trouble in college and he, he and yeah. he came from like Cali Cali Paul Poly Cal Institute for the Deaf and Blind or something. He came from some small maybe it was uh the Mississippi uh what's that last chance you all those schools in Mississippi Ooh. have top tier yeah, programs. Yeah. It's called like um Eastern Miss- yeah, well, it's on Netflix, but Eastern Mississippi <laughs> Collegiate Football Association for those who steal Xboxes. I think that's the I think that's the name of the conference. Yeah, I couldn't remember that. He but he played at LSU for a moment, didn't he? He might have. Oh, he maybe he's from La-, La Tech or something. What do I know? Um, no, you're right. Sorry, here you go. Garden City Community College, Oklahoma State, West Alabama. That's his college career. Three different teams. Yeah, you should have uh, should have behaved yourself a little more. But what does it matter? He's he just signed a seventy two million dollar contract, which is my critical number of the week, guaranteed mm. for the Miami Dolphins. A trade from the Kansas City offense to the Miami Dolphins. Now he joins Jalen Waddle and my man Tua Tagovailoa, who can throw the meanest slant pass in all of the, the league, hands down, elite slant pass thrower. And what else do you need for Tyreek Hill? Nothing, nothing. I mean, if he can throw, yeah, could he can can Tua take the Dolphins down the field in 13 seconds like Mahomes? No, absolutely not. But he can throw a good slant pass. Um, (laughs) I was looking into this and I was like, well, what is Kansas City going to do? And then I know about the trade with Juju Smith's senior, Schuster, Schuster, Junior, Juju Smith, close enough, Schuster, Senior. senior. Um, point is. I'm not in love with him. I'm not in love with Juju, mainly because he has bad TikToks. But I did look that Green Bay traded away Marquise Valdez, um, who averages 17 yards per catch. And he's <laughs> I, I didn't even try the last name. Did, uh, you, see did you see me try to Scantling. skip that? Scantling. Yeah, I like your little skip. Scantling. Yeah, I yeah. looked at that word and I was like, oh, man, not again, Massey. What, what is that? Um, is that and, Saudi? Yeah, and he got, he got traded to the Chiefs and he's – he's 17 yards a catch has been leading the league and uh uh what am i trying miss to balls, say miss balls in the playoffs from aaron Rodgers. yeah, yeah. like not yeah, that's what i was trying to say basically like not <laughs> how do you say the stat not getting thrown to enough he's well, leads the league and not getting thrown to enough so maybe patrick mahomes can use him a little bit better routes run just routes run yeah. you could say routes run not being threatened. not even looked at but he's a good player and so i i think with juju smith and marquis that the chiefs sit they're in like a new era of patrick mahomes the new the shiny toys that shine around patrick mahomes they're all getting paid travis kelsey's getting a little old and they're starting to bring in more talent which has to speak to the stability of having patrick mahomes as your franchise player for the next 12 years and being a half billion dollar man so I think it speaks to Patrick Mahomes' talent. Also, Andy Reid's, you know, kind of mind for football and being able to spot talent in Kansas City is setting itself back up for a deep playoff run. In that packed AFC, I don't know if anybody can say Super Bowl run, 
but a playoff run nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like uh, it speaks to Andy Reid fishing uh, Tyreek Hill out of the fifth round back in 2016 because that was a, a hell of a, a prize at the at the back end of the draft. Probably one of the better, you know, bargain bin players in the past decade, maybe 20 years to have picked. Uh, the question I do have is, does, it, does this put more pressure on Mahomes to play with Juju and no more Tyreek Hill, or does this put more t- pressure on Tua to not suck now that he has Tyreek Hill and Waddle together? I think Patrick Mahomes has established his ability to play quarterback. Tua is still on that shaky ground where they don't know. Like All the articles say the Miami Dolphins are a franchise quarterback away from being an elite team. And like, yow, youch, ouch, that hurts. They have, I mean, I I want to skip to my go to the week because it involves Miami, but let's, let's, let's get back to it. Uh, I guess let's let's, focus. Let's do it back on the, uh, on the back end, but Tyree Kill, $73 million guaranteed, highest paid wide receiver in the biz. And I just want to say the Green Bay Packers receiving court does not look so good. Just saying. No. Just, I, don't, I don't even know. They have Randall Cobb, who Aaron Rodgers forced the Packers to trade for last year, formerly of the Houston Texans, and then formerly for, with the Packers before that. And I can't even remember the other guy's name. I picked him up in fantasy, but dropped him fantasy rosters talk um but I, I don't even know who they have to throw to anymore there you go so i think that probably sums up aaron Rodgers, you got paid now all your players are going elsewhere what i guess is- his running back i guess his running backs aaron jones and aj dillon they can catch the ball in the backfield and you know run you know three yards yeah when they're not when the cornerbacks and safeties aren't chasing Devontae adams down the field and be like oh, i'll bet you they're gonna run it this one True, true. Yeah, I think they'll probably yeah. pick up on that. What is your – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, six years of this show, could you imagine – you you know, you look like Aaron Rodgers. Could you imagine this show without me, your Devontae Adams? Like, what would you, where would you be? I mean, not swimming in a pool of my own money, you know, definitely not that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those offers I got, you know, those big-time yeah. offers I got, I turned them down. I said, no, I'm independent, baby. You can't control me. You can't buy me out. I'd never leave you for Vegas. Never. What is your stuck on this week, Trainer? Uh, mine is my piss poor bracket efforts this year. I said um, I made kind of a call call to arms or like uh, I had an epiphany that next year I put put down some notes for next year's brackets. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to put it on a post note, put it where, on my mirror or something that says no 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 taking advice from friends. Yes. No expert picks. Mm-hmm. No conference tournament champions no <coughs> iowa they're out of gas and um no lotto players like not being like oh jabari smith with with auburn he's he's like a top three pick he looks awesome um i'm gonna just pick the opposite of what i feel next year and i'm gonna see how it goes and i'm looking forward to 2023 yeah i feel well i feel like <laughs> i put a lot of a lot less effort into these and i think what i'm gonna do from now on is just place my money on size and their ability to hit free throws and that's it. Kentucky couldn't hit a three against St. Petersburg or St. Peter's and they ended up losing to them. I mean, it just seems like you got to hit free throws. Look at Kyle guy. He he hit big free throws. You got to hit free throws in single eliminate elimination tournament games. And I picked Kentucky and they can't hit free throws. So, Dead in the water. Although Arizona, my fin- my finals winner, is still alive. Currently, they're down to Houston by four. But don't worry. They're, they're a sleeping giant. 
Oh yeah, Wildcats. I, yeah, I watched them all year. They'll they'll come back. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure of it. Let's if you know if we make it if we make it to year seven, you know if our corporate sponsor, uh, 891KHL, picks us back up for one more year, then we'll we'll revisit this and we'll we'll pick better brackets next year. I promise. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. We're we're at a contract year, so we better be at our best here, like Adam <laughs> Scheffner with uh, Tom Brady's retirement and unretirement. Um, my stuck on. I got a couple of different things going on in here. Um, I'm just going to run through the NFL free agency with the big names yeah, just to get them out there and make sure people realize how crazy the last two weeks have been in NFL free agency. And then I've won about Jimmy Butler, but let's just go ahead and dissect this. Matt Ryan to the Colts happened since we last recorded Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Aaron Rodgers becomes the highest paid quarterback in NFL history and goes back to green Bay. Carson Wentz goes to the commanders, which I even forgot what the Colts got for that or the or the commanders gave up for that, but it seems like too much if it's anything. Deshaun Watson then goes to the Browns to make the, him the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, $230 million guaranteed. That is ridiculous. That's Aaron Rodgers got $180 million guaranteed, so that's $50 million more than Aaron Rodgers. Let's dissect Deshaun Watson's uh, trade here in a second. Um, Devontae Adams goes to Las Vegas to become the highest paid receiver. And then Tyreek Hill goes to the Dolphins to become the highest paid receiver. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. And then two sneaky trades that went under the radar, which I think will have a bigger impact on their team than the media has given them credit, is Allen Robinson the second goes from Chicago to the Rams. That is a after go ahead. Oh yeah, after Robert Woods got traded to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where I was going. Robert Woods got traded to Tennessee. Two oh, sorry. Yeah. Really receivers that hold their own. Robert Woods just got injured, but Allen Robinson the second has been doing his thing in Chicago where there has not been a quarterback in twenty years. Yeah, agreed. Um was was that your list? Is that it? That was my whole list. I got one, one big one you missed that um we're you know, we're an anti Mitch Trubisky show, but I think actually Mitch Trubisky to the Steelers is kind of a you know kind of a sneaky little we'll see we'll see we'll see where this goes the Steelers have a good team around him they yes. have Najee Najee rocks they have they have T.J. Watt they have a great defense uh, Fitzpatrick in the in the the safety Mika Fitzpatrick um, and Tomlin Trubisky, is a genius I don't know Tomlin's how a, he yeah, keeps Tomlin's a genius too, these so. Steelers above five hundred in the playoffs every year yeah um, who else um, oh. Um, Khalil Mack went from the Bears to the Chargers, which is pretty big. Yes. And then Von Miller, Von Miller got signed by the Bills defense. Those are good. Two good defense. Two good defensive ones. We we don't talk about defense enough on this show, Massey. Let's go back to Deshaun Watson because the Saints yeah. are squeaky clean. They did not sell their soul to the devil. <laughs> I'm a clean fan. I was not considering ever selling my soul. I definitely told myself. I could cheer for a criminal, but at last, I don't have to make that decision. I don't have to turn my back on the Saints like I promised I would. Uh, he is a Cleveland Brown. People are – there's a lot of buzz about it, but right – not more than two days after he signs with Brown, uh, what do they call that? Supreme Court? That's something else. Trial? Um, grand jury? Grand jury. I don't know the names. Yeah. A grand jury is – Grand jury, duh. Yeah, yeah. The grand jury, whoever they are, they are reopening his file or for another two women that have come forward or something like that. Mm -hmm. Good luck, Cleveland. It looks like you might have just stepped in it 
and sold your franchise away for the next five to 10 years. Yeah. You thought you were stepping in, um, you know, fresh dirt, maybe, maybe dog poop. Who knows? We'll have to see. Yeah. You, you, they thought they were out there on the fresh cut grass. The first, the Ooh. first, yeah. The lilacs are starting to bloom. The tulips are pushing up. And next thing you know, they're like, Oh, uh, our quote unquote extensive research didn't really pan out. Like they said they did a bunch of extensive research on it, research on it. And a bunch of the victims were like, they didn't call me. I think I would have started there. Yeah, it's an issue. That's, that's kind of, you know, it's bad detective work. Yeah. It's like, well, we did a lot of research, Would you go down to the courthouse and get public files. Like you should have, should have actually done some Research. Let me see your list of resources. But they're going to keep saying extensive, extensive research until we all believe them. And basically, yeah. they're just they're just lying. It feels like they're think, lying. Think about if Batman. Think about if Deshaun Watson was a Batman a Batman villain. Like Batman would have put pretty Deshaun constant. Watson behind bars a long time ago. Yeah, pretty constant theme in this uh, in this podcast. <laughs> Batman. Um, Batman would have taken down Deshaun Watson. Yeah, 100%. you would have heard that Gotham music right as he rolled over with a towel around his waist, and, like, and Batman, <laughs> the lights would have fluttered, and Batman would all of a sudden be pulling him off the table and putting him in some sort of submission hold, just like he did in Dark Knight. How about that Batman reference, trainer? Good job. All Count right. it. All right, I feel like we're really and clicking one. here, we're really firing here. Um, my other stuck on is kind of man versus drama. Oh, but can we talk about Jimmy Butler for a second? What is what's what's his deal? What are you doing? This is my quote of the week. So we're, we're cycling pretty well here. We have the Tyreek news and now we got a, we got a, a stuck to a quote of the week. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me. What is your quote from Jimmy Butler? Oh, this is not from Jimmy Butler. This is from Jimmy Butler's coach, Eric Spolstra, a two-time champion uh, coach here. And, and he took the heat to the uh, NBA finals as well against the, against the bubble, the bubble champs, the LA Lakers. Um, everyone was wondering where the dinner plans were tonight after the game was Eric Spolstra's, quote unquote joke when he was trying to like play it cool about the fight they were having at the sideline on the sideline during a timeout and yeah. at one point someone's uh face was threatened to be pummeled in i think right there I at midcourt udonis yeah udonis haslam who's like basically miami he's been in he's been a miami heat player since 1991 um somehow he was he was like i'm here for coach get the hell out of here jimmy butler like this is your fourth team I'm tired of this these shenanigans you're so angry all the time this is coach spo yeah spo alone yeah also let's look at jimmy butler's history because it is worth dissecting a little bit because he started off in chicago where he kind of rubbed derrick rose the wrong way derrick rose was during kind of jimmy butler came in during derrick rose's stretch of injuries right there and so yeah. jimmy butler thought it was his team derrick rose thought it was his team it's kind of a yep. big hoopla derrick rose ends up moving on jimmy takes over does pretty well with the bulls but that ends with drama he goes to minnesota which was an absolute disaster there was reports of him like just cussing out players and calling everybody soft and taking a third string and beating the first string and then after all that debacle he got traded to philly he lasted one year in that mess granted it was uh ben simmons versus joel Embiid, and then now he's been in miami for a little bit and there's friction with miami and I think there is an attitude in which that not everyone can match his intensity and he doesn't understand why. It's like, dude, a fire burns in you a different way than it burns in everybody else. Maybe just let everybody else mimic your intensity for a little bit, but they cannot keep it cranked up to 11. 
Yeah, agreed. I think, you know, I was actually thinking about, we talked about Harden's hamstring earlier. He's kind of like the more aggressive version of Harden where he's like aggressively getting out of, out of teams. Like Harden's been on four teams now. Jimmy Butler's been on four. Like Jimmy Butler gets in fights with players and coaches. He gets, he gets basically kind of kicked out, but gets his way leaving these teams. And James Harden's kind of like passive aggressively saying, eh, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to wear a fat suit and, uh, you know, pretend like I have another leg injury this week. Yeah, he's more like, I'll take a double order of fries and I'll just eat my way out of this place. Um, yeah, and the common ground is they both play for the Sixers at some point, one point or the other. Interesting. Very interesting. So that was your quote slash question was already covered by the – so I'm going to do a um, – I'm going to do a quick a quick critical number number two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loop back to critical number Whoa, number th- two. Wait, this is a, this is a first – well, this is a six-year anniversary. This is a first in TST history, but continue. One and a half games. Ah, uh, man, that sounds like the Pelicans are one and a half games behind the Lakers. They're one and a half. Uh, important, important. I've, I've, they're, they're. I think they're two games behind the Lakers, but they're mm-hmm. one and a half game games ahead of the Spurs. The Pelicans are sitting in number, the playing spot at number ten. The Spurs at number eleven. After the win tonight, I don't. I don't think that it does much. But their next stretch is very important in the last. Two, four, six, eight, nine games. Eight to nine games, yeah. Nine games. So they play the Spurs at home on Saturday. They play the Lakers at home on Saturday, which, or excuse Ooh. me, on Sunday. That makes a big, big indication, big weekend for the Pelicans. Ingram's hamstring, he didn't play today, another hamstring. Um, and then they make a West Coast road trip for four games. They play the Blazers, the Lakers again, the Clippers, and the Kings there are some very, very winnable games there. Blazers, Lakers, Kings, very winnable. Clippers, I would say so I mean, as well. The, the Clippers are paying above their weight. You know, they can beat them. Yeah. And then they go Blazers at home, Memphis away, Warriors at home. I feel good. I feel good about getting the play-in spot. You look good. You look good. You you had that halo earlier when you were talking about not um, the Saints not committing to, to uh, Deshaun. I feel like you look you look soft, not soft like James Harden, uh, but or you know Carl Car, Anthony Towns or any of the players Jimmy Butler claim to be soft. You just look soft and like soft features. Like you look very happy. Like like I'm not tensed up and ready to <laughs> yell into this microphone about my about all my yes. teams. Okay, yes, you look at ease at ease. I at appreciate ease. I appreciate that the Pelicans Zen. Uh, Zen. Pelicans are doing more with less than I thought they could, and I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. I feel like as a bottom feeder in the NBA, you have to find your silver linings. This is what non-elite franchise fans do. Yeah, convincing myself that we're better than we are. But it's the best part. It's It's the best best part part about being an idiot. I love it. (laughs) I absolutely love it. I'm like the Pelicans are back, and meanwhile the. Grizzlies are like, we're just going to, oh, and John Morant's hurt for two weeks. Maybe he won't come back to the playoffs, steal a win from Memphis, Whoa. although they're pretty good. They're pretty stinking Ma- good. Massey, that's one of your NBA teams and our little challenge we got going on, so chill out, dude. Oh, I need John Morant to be healthy for the playoffs. I don't want him to push it during the regular season. Just be healthy for those playoffs, Josh. Sit down, relax, let the Pelicans come in, it's- do their thing. It's not going to affect your seed. You are a, you're a well-rounded sports fan. You have El- – if you were just like – gun-ho Alabama football and that's you're like that's all I watch man I'd be like this guy sucks like I don't want to do a show with him anymore it's been six years I'm tired of it but you got the Pelicans weighing you down a little bit bringing you back down to earth keeping you grounded and I like that 
I will say the best football season of my life was 2010. Saints won the Super Bowl. Alabama won their first national championship with Nick Saban. Mark Ingram won the first Heisman for Alabama. It was a great year. Ever since mm-hmm. then, it's it's Alabama football has been been great, but everything mm-hmm. else has been kind of. Saints had a little beep, beep, beep on their way down. Uh, I, feel, I feel. I guess that was that was actually you know if we started this show back then maybe we would have been less cynical. That was the Rangers' first ever World Series appearance. And the same season, the Mavs won the NBA Finals, NBA and the, the World Championship. Um, that was a good time for us. <laughs> 15, 12 years ago, we really, we really hit our stride. <laughs> All right, uh, your quote question is is uh, Spolstra. Spolstra. Mine is from a guy named Patty the Batty. He's an MMA fighter. Have you? Do you know who oh. this is? No, I, I I like that we're a UFC show. Um, he's just an electric personality. He's like hilarious. He's kind of like a Conor McGregor of Liverpool. Um, he said, "I'm going to punch your head in." So is he Patty like like Saint like Patty's Pub, Pat, Pat, Saint Patty's Day? He's an Irish. Yeah. Freak? Well, yeah. I he's from Liverpool, so if you say he's Irish, he'll probably come at you. But uh, oh shoot. Yeah, but they call him Patty the Batty. Uh, he strangled someone out, and at the end of the fight, they asked. Who do you want to? Who do you want to uh, fight next? And he said, I come, "I'm calling out M- Mark Zuckerberg. I'm going to punch him in the head." And uh, he called him Mr. Hand Sanitizer Boy, which I have no idea what that refers to, but it gets me fired up. He goes, "Mr. Hand Sanitizer Boy," uh, and then uh, he goes, "You are the biggest bully in the world, lad. I'm going to punch you in the head." It's like, all right, Mark Zuckerberg, your call. Yeah. Balls in your court, there, nerd. <laughs> I did like I, I like the term. Um, I think you should pitch this to the UFC. Strangled somebody out. It, I, I think it's they call it choke somebody out, but I, I'm I'm gonna let that fly. I love that. Um, I think the guy was dead, and they brought him back to life. Strangled might oh, be the right. Oh, maybe stra- yeah, strangled might have been the right term in this uh, particular situation. Yes, I would definitely pay. There should be more celebrity boxing slash celebrity fights, and I think Zuckerberg needs to take him up on this. Uh, you know, make some money for the metaverse and do a pay per view. Could you imagine just Mark Zuckerberg and his just getting in the octagon? I mean, even if he got into with like Screech from Saved by the Bell, I still I still would love to see that. I'm gonna take you down, Mr. Sand, hand sanitizer boy. Yeah, that's exact dude, that's you nailed it. That's a Liverpool accent to a T. Just to let y'all know, Duke is down four at halftime. Just saying. Um last last game, Coach K will ever coach tonight. You're hearing it. We're hearing live reactions. Um, I also had a quote from an article, um, and we've covered it extensively, and that's Urban Meyer. And the only reason Ooh. I want to cover it again is because this Urban Meyer stuff is going to vanish here soon. We're not going to have any more of it. He's going to be yeah. deep in his nonprofit in Columbia, Ohio, Ooh. shipping human trafficking people or whatever this deviant is I up like- to. I like you said Columbia instead of Columbus. Like he's in Columbia, you know, Pablo Escobar. He's doing something even sketchier. Down Dude, I'm on one tonight. I'm on one. I like it. I like it. All I think right. it's great. Just I think, I think Urban, Meyer, Urban Meyer deserves to live in 1988 Columbia, uh, South America. But the quote was the most toxic environment I've ever been a part of. Apparently he ran it like a tyrant. He belittled players. He benched James Robinson, their best player for a long time because he fumbled. He kicked his kicker in the preseason. He blamed staffers for all his problems. He basically just had a successful money grab down in Jacksonville. It only took him less than 10 months or 11 months. Now he's sitting up in Columbus making 20%. Trainer, what is your goat of the week? 
Uh, pre, uh, you missed one one item there. Pre-game of a Rams game against uh, the Jags, he said, who's number 99? And the uh, players were like, that's Aaron Donald. <laughs> I read that, but I didn't I like – I didn't know what to believe. It was like, that 99 guy is going to be a problem, huh? It's like, oh, the three-time defensive player of the year? Yeah, he's going to be an issue. <laughs> Idiot. I really, do uh, think, I really do think that he like thought it was going to be like Ohio State, where he goes, oh, the next man up can be just as good. My five-star going against everybody else's three stars yeah. will win out. When it's like, no, everybody out here is five stars. Almost like his quote, he's like, hey, man, you're just like playing Alabama every week. It's like, yeah, Idiot. This is the pros. So any you have the worst fran- – you're the head of the worst franchise. You're not going to have depth at running back like you did at Ohio State, dummy. He's like, he's like I got this, uh, this Trevor Lawrence guy. He's like a, he's like a, five chi- he's like a five-star blue-chip prospect. Aaron, Aaron Donald, this 99, he was what, like a three-chip guy at Pittsburgh? Like, I, I got this. Yeah. Fine. yeah. Did you say Pittsburgh? This is Ohio State. Like, no, this is Jacksonville. He's yeah. Like, oh, exactly. right, 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 right. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, of course. Who is your goat of the week here, trainer? Oh, Massey, you know, you know who it is. It's Jameis Winston. Jameis. He is um, the Saints. Loved all of his workout videos. Uh, my, I wrote down my favorite. I think I've mentioned it before on the show. Is when he sits on a BOSU ball and does quick release <laughs> throws while seated. And I, I, I called this a new quarterback attribute. Great glute balance. Okay. Like low center of gravity. Yes. I think that's good. It's like it's like thick joints. He's, he's thick, thick joints. Joint too. Yeah. Uh, thick joints. Plays on time. Plays on time. Great glute balance. Big hands. Yeah, great glute balance. Above 6'1". I'm stoked. I'm stoked to have Jameis Winston. Honestly, he's... Two years. Two, two years. years 20, two. $21 million guaranteed. That's a pretty cheap quarterback if you look around the league. And he just is on his comeback story. Let's get Jameis Winston on comeback number three. Is this comeback number three? Comeback number one was with the Saints. Comeback yeah, number, come number three. I'd say, come, well, comeback number two was after LASIK surgery. Yeah, and LASIK. Then, and then comeback well, no, number the, three you, is now. You forgot about comeback number one. His image after uh, blank in the in the right in the blank, and then crab cakes, crab or crab cake or crab legs, <laughs> crab claws. That's number two. Did I LASIK bet you? Surgery. Okay, I, I got a theory on the crab legs. The <laughs> It was understood that he could probably shop for free there, and some booster was like, yeah, don't worry about it. I, I own the Brunos down the road. And he was like, oh, okay. And the checkout counter guy was like, you can't steal that. Obviously, the information didn't trickle down. He's like, no, I shop for free here. I'm taking the king crab legs. And yeah. then he just took the fall for everybody else. So I feel like he's uh, almost like uh, he's not a rat, so that's a good thing. One time I was at Smith's shopping. Uh, shout out to Jackson Hole. And I took uh, three little uh, cheese samples instead of one so I, I i know where he's coming from yeah <laughs> right over there in the next to the olive bar yeah you you sly dog you and th- it, this is gonna be the first time Jameis and michael thomas play together am i right or am i right am i wrong if my i don't think michael thomas took a snap last year so Jameis and michael thomas yeah. connection could be mega sweet oh yeah it's gonna be great my goat of the week miami's gm chris gear oh Shall, shall, a new name. Yeah. You're supposed to say, really? You, you, this is your time for a follow-up question. Really? Really, Massey? Why did you pick Chris Gear? I'll tell you why, trainer. He hired Mike McDaniel of the San Francisco 49ers, their longtime offensive coordinator. Mike McDaniels brought Raheem Mostat over with him from the 49ers. He got Tyreek Hill and Chase Edmond with 
Jalen Waddle, who's already down in Miami, and still has a first round 2022 pick courtesy of the 49ers and two times first and two first round picks in 2023. How did he do that? He traded Jeremy Tunsil two years ago, excuse me, in 2019 for all this draft capital to the Texans. Do we remember Jeremy Tunsil? Does that name ring a bell, trainer? Uh, it does. I remember a mask, like a like a mask with like some smoke. Yeah, that? right yeah. before he got drafted, which dropped him <laughs> down the draft boards. Chris Gear had a vision, and now Miami is one franchise quarterback away from being an AFC contender. Or the, or they already have their guy TBD. They might they might have their guy. I just looked at I just looked at all this Miami stuff, and then looked at all their draft picks, and I was like, wait a minute. How is this possible? They gave away seven draft picks to give Tyree a kill. They've been stacking them up. They've been absolutely stacking them up. Chase Edmonds, a great backup running back, could play a lead role. The Miami Dolphins, they're going to – oh, I almost did a hot take. I'm going to do it. Miami Dolphins in the playoffs next year. They're going to win their division. They're going to beat Mac Jones twice. What, What about Josh Allen? They can beat him too? No, man, I don't know. This is a hard. This is hard. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, that's that's a fire. That's a white hot take. That's a white hot take. Miami Dolphins are a playoff team come come next year. They're like like when they say he's my like Drew Locke, he's my quarterback today. Miami Dolphins are your AFC East team today. Today, right as of right now, because of a GM Chris Gear. Way to, way to go, way to go, Chris. That's impressive, and they they stayed away. I mean, that was a good. Um, it was a good note to take of Tua amongst all the Deshaun Watson rumors and chaos that he just kind of stood, stood cool back in the, back in the pocket, as they say. And he didn't, you know, get flustered or, or demand a trade or act like a little baby. So I, I respect that a lot. And they didn't trade the farm, all these picks, three first round picks for it for Deshaun Watson. So they do have a, uh, yeah, they got a stacked little stacked roster already quarterbacks tb quarterback is a unknown at this point but that's the only thing and i'll say this i mean jalen hurts went through some qb controversy philadelphia is projected to either take a qb or another wide receiver which they cannot pick a wide receiver to save their life besides you know Devontae smith um of course course, besides him um and he handles and Tua handled it just like jalen hurts handled it just kept playing football kept playing football mac jones you can see steady eddie Solid quarterback play in the pros by Alabama. Not quarterback play, excuse me. Quarterback attitude. Oh, yep. Quarterback attitude in the NFL by Alabama quarterbacks. For all those haters that said Alabama couldn't produce a quarterback, how about three in the NFL right now? Yeah, this isn't this isn't 2005. We mentioned earlier with with Brody Croyle. This is this is a new Alabama quarterback. Do we have anything else to add to the huddle? No, I'm good. Because we have March Madness staring us right in the face. Texas Tech leading Duke at the half. Right now, as we're recording, the Zags have been taken out of the tournament, and they have Arkansas to blame for it. Arkansas will play the winner of Texas Tech and Duke, which is, what, like I said, going on now. We have Michigan moving – excuse me, we have Nova over Michigan to move to the Elite Eight. They're going to play the winner of Arizona and Houston. That's being played now. But let's talk about Friday's games for our listeners here locally. And I'm going to just do it by the two brackets that are not playing right now, and that is the East and the Midwest. I want to start in the Midwest where number one-seeded Kansas is taking on number four-seeded Providence out of the Big East and Iowa State out of the 
uh, Big 12 is playing Miami out of the ACC. It's worth mentioning that the Big 12 and the ACC lead all divisions with three teams in a piece. The Big 10 has two. SEC has one. One in the Elite Eight, too. But let's talk about Kansas and Providence and what you think is going to happen there in the Midwest bracket. Providence, this is this is me listening to experts. Providence had gone on their run already. They weren't any good, blah, blah, blah. They're in the Sweet 16. I picked them to lose the first round because I thought it was cool. I thought that was cool, Massey, like smoking cigs in the eighth grade, but it wasn't. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> eighth grade. I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna roll Providence. I'm gonna roll Providence because I feel like I was wrong about them before. I'm not gonna be wrong about them again. I don't think this is that good of a Kansas team. Okay, I like that point as well. To add on to the Providence, they have played a lot of close games. The experts were saying, oh, they're going to run out of luck. But isn't yeah. there something to be said about playing in close games and and not having it rattle you? Kansas has won a lot of games this year, but if they played close ones, not as many as Providence. Providence is yeah. used to that sort of tension. And you think that's enough to be better than Kansas? Kansas is huge. They yeah. fit into my bigger than you category and that's why i'm picking them to win they're just bigger than you who's bigger than you kansas kansas is bigger than providence all right fair enough i, I yeah i mean bill self's a, a proven coach won a championship with kansas mario chalmers over derrick rose aforementioned just saying um yeah i respect the pick all right let's go to the bottom half of that bracket where the 12th seed or 11th seed iowa state 11 versus 10 here yeah and miami Battle-tested Miami, uh, they have played a whole slate of ACC games, including losing twice to Virginia, just saying. <clears throat> just a <clears throat> saying there. They are playing an Iowa State team who last year won two. Count it, two games. They are currently in the Sweet 16, representing the Big 12 against Miami. I have Miami all the way because I have an ACC bias, and they have a better coach. What say you, trainer? Yeah, two, two, a two-win team a year ago is a huge turnaround. That's amazing. But I am a Jim Laranega guy. I love George Mason back in 06. Back to the aughts again. Love talking about the aughts. Uh, when when he took George Mason to the Final Four after beating, like, Florida and Duke and making J.J. Reddick cry, I think, along the way, if I remember correctly. That's um, the memory that I have, and I don't want anybody to, to ruin, it. ruin it for me. Yeah, don't, don't tweet at us and say, say George Mason didn't beat Duke, because I think they did. Maybe Michigan State. They beat a lot of blue bloods back then. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, learning. Yeah, I think you just listed about eight teams. I think the whole tournament's <laughs> five games: Duke, Michigan State, probably their rival Michigan, Kentucky, UNC, Kansas, UNC, Kentucky, UCLA, Indiana. On a hot year. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. all of them. All of them. Yeah, I love Larinaga. I think Iowa State also. There's a mentality problem where uh, Miami hasn't been in the tournament since 2018, but Iowa State. Those guys are probably saying to themselves all right they're kind of feeling themselves like sweet 16 we kind of did it and miami i feel like has a better coach to be like no we are only halfway through this tournament let's keep going yeah. let's see where this can go we're at the final force doorstep let us keep going so right now we have let's let's play out the uh, hypothetical here we both have miami going through so miami versus kansas or miami versus Prov providence out of those three teams which team makes the final four I'll go Providence then. Providence in the oh, final yeah. four. Do you see how dumb that sounds? The Friars. That it is does. The, that is sounds so dumb. But that's how I should have picked my bracket. Dumb. 
All right. Well, I'm going – I got Kansas versus Arizona in the Final Four, and, and I'm going to have to stick with it. Let's go over right. to the to the east here where UNC, who I refuse to pick – I refuse. I will hear some arguments, despite how hot they are on offense, are playing the uh, last year's runner-up UCLA, the number four seed. In the lower part of the bracket, Purdue at the three seed plays St. Peter's, the 15th seed, the darling of this tournament. Let's go back oh, yeah. to the UNC-UCLA game. Who do you got for that, trainer? Uh, yeah, I like UCLA with uh, Johnny Juzang coming back from a Final Four run last year with um, Nick Crozier as the coach. They, they extended him. I like UCLA in this one. UCLA is favored by two, by the way. I am going to pick UCLA as well because I hate baby blue. And I hate the Tar Heels. They did me an yeah, enormous the favor. They did me an enormous favor by beating Coach K in his last game right. at, at Cameron right. Indoor. I was right. soft for them for a little bit. I even didn't mind them having Baylor success, but that shine is worn off. It's time for you to lose again, UNC. I'm sick and tired of listening. You're looking at your baby blue uniforms. You look soft. UCLA, who has arguably the same baby blue colors, <laughs> on to the next round. I realize my hypocrisy, and I don't care. I do not care. Well, at least they, they, they were creative enough to have gold as their other color, and not just navy blue. You know, it's two blues. Like, what are you going to do with two blues? Yeah, it's too, it's too many blues. If you, if you have two blues, too you're blues. just too, too many blues in your palette. All right, and I think this one might be the easiest one based on my formula of success, Purdue versus St. Peter's. Yeah, I do like um, – they're uh, oh my! Really, they're favored by twelve and a half points in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, my go to the my go to the week was Jameis. It was almost Sh uh, Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's head coach. Seems like an awesome dude. Former awesome all, guy. Yeah, seems like yeah he's been all around. He's played as a player for some of the most random places I've ever heard of. He played for the London Towers, the Marineros de Puerto Plata, um, the Istanbul Technique. And the uh, Chester, Jets, Chester Jets uh, in his professional days of playing basketball, um, he's got a good attitude and seems like the next coach up to, like, you know, probably get a blue blood job maybe next year. Blue year blood job? Do you mean like a D1 job? Yeah, a bigger job. Bigger job. That's what I mean. A power yeah. five, power six. Power like five a, job. Power five job. And in the, in the basketball, they call it the power six with the Big East, just saying. <laughs> Fair enough. Go Providence. Um, yeah, I think Jaden Ivy and Purdue, I think uh, the spread is pretty high, but I think it's probably uh, there for a reason. I think they're going to remind me St. Peter's head coach name because he had some crazy stories about their facilities down there and or up there. Shaheen in New Jersey. Holloway. Yeah. So Shaheen has told stories or maybe his uh, some of the opponents that played the uh, Saint, the Peacocks mm -hmm. were sharing some stories about how like a pipe burst in their locker room and they their weight room, they couldn't play loud music because it was next to uh, a psychology 101 room or like a history 101 room. They're, they have exposed this team to some great either philanthropic or the boosters are going to be involved or the alumni will be like, hey, our, our teammate of the Sweet 16, let's put some more money into basketball. He has really elevated St. Peter's to, into the spotlight he played as he played for Seton Hall and he might have made a Final Four. Yes, he played for Seton Hall. I don't know if he made a Final Four. That's correct. They beat yeah, they beat all of Kentucky, the whole state of Kentucky. They beat Kentucky in the first round, then they beat Murray State 
um, I will look up, yeah, that Seton Hall year because that that does ring a bell. And then he coached there for like six years after yeah. I think after his professional professional days were done. I'm going to pick Purdue because they're bigger and they hit their free throws. Great free throw percentage in Purdue. Not so much in the freshman five, freshman fabulous freshman in Kentucky. So St. Peter's, your Cinderella dance ends here, and I'm sorry. Bummer. Yeah, they went to the Sweet 16 with uh, Shaheen back in the day. I will say this. Everyone is rooting for a UNC-Duke Final Four, and I couldn't think of more a more nauseating experience than having to watch those two teams play with a chance to win a championship. Coach K, I just saw Coach K squatting with the kind of like a, a you know, something something came out the wrong way kind of look to his face. Well, he's down, he's down six, just saying. He's scored two points in five minutes. That would be a lit. He was, he hasn't, he's been scoreless, been held scoreless this half. Texas Tech's coach, side note, looks like uh, Janet Reno. Janet Reno, uh, explain it to Massey and the fans. <laughs> Janet Reno was, uh, I don't know, she was on like the, what was she, a, she was a politician of some sort. You don't just even know Jan- <laughs> You don't even know who Janet Reno is. No, not really. I just remember she was she was a big uh, big public figure for a while. I can't remember why exactly. This is a long time ago, back in the aughts, maybe the late nineties. But just you know, Google image it at home, kids. All right, with our last remaining minutes, uh, Adam is down on assignment. He was trying to break the Tyreek Hill news there in South Florida. He was caught some sort of stomach bug and has been lying lying in a Florida basement somewhere, not able to leave the proximity of a bathroom. We wish him his best wishes as he goes on to play golf for the next 10 days. Your dog, Rafi, is doing just fine, thriving thriving out in Red Top. Um, just to remind everyone, I have the Bucks, the Grizz, the Heat, the Nuggets. Trainer's got the Warriors, the Suns, the 76ers, the Bulls. And Adam has the Celtics, which are red hot, the Raptors, the Mavs, and the Jazz. I feel bad uh, for leaving Adam out of this, but do you want to make any moves right now? Yeah, let me do a quick uh, quick fact check. Janet Reno was a, a former attorney general from 1993 to 2001, uh, appointed by Bill Clinton. I think she has something to do with the Lewinsky scandal. So, you know, keep it keep it historical here on <laughs> T-Dot Sports stuff. <laughs> yeah. Half our listeners go, who the hell is Bill Clinton? Janet, oh, yeah. Janet Reno. <laughs> Big Gen Z audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janet Reno just went right over their heads, uh, just their heads. Uh, not the, I mo- well, speaking of uh, you know Supreme Courts, I motion to you, Massey. You have a, do you want to make a, a difference, or a, a, you want to sub in, sub out? I mean, I still like okay. my Grizz, even though John Morant's hurt. The Bucks coming out of the East is my my most likely scenario besides the Heat. Um, the 76ers, eh, maybe, but you know what? The Nets are kind of coming around. I have the Sixers, by the way. You said the Sixers. I know, I know. I, I said they would come out of the East. But I'm looking at the hmm. Nets, wondering if they can possibly learn how to play with Kyrie and Kevin Durant on the same floor at the same time without Joe Harris there to balance everything out and say, hey, everything's going to be all right, guys. I hit threes. Um, they, they did They did just get destroyed by Memphis, Sands, John Morant. Yeah, so that's that's where my worry lies. So I'm going to stay. Bucks, Grizz, Heat, Nuggets. What's you, What say you? All right, it worked. Uh, rever- reverse psychology. I'm going to pick up the Nets and drop the Bulls. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well played, trainer. Not going to lie, hard. that was pretty well played. Uh, and we'll leave Adams at Celtics, Raptors, Mavs, Jazz. Sports fans, that is all the time we have for you here tonight on Teton Sports Talk. Please go enjoy the rest of Coach K's last game as we 
finish recording now. There is 15 minutes left in the second half. Duke is going to lose. Sorry, Coach K. C-Y-A. See ya. Let's let's have a Darth Vader style like fire funeral and return the Jedi. We were going to do state of the quarterback and divisions recap. We'll do that next week. Tease teaser in, in the industry. And uh yeah, looking forward to that. That'll be fun. All right, guys. That's it. That's all.